Welcome to the Book of Revelation, a series that's going to help us beware and be aware of the signs and the spirit, the events of the end times, to be ready for the last day, the day of judgment, the, the day of the reappearance of Jesus, but also to be blessed and to uh, be encouraged, to not be afraid because we belong to him. Now, there's these big questions in the timeline of the scriptures, the timeline specifically of the book of Revelation. Uh, Some questions like, uh, where are we in history? How close are we to Revelation chapter 4 through 20? Uh, When do the events or when did the events of those chapters happen? When will the end occur? When will the last day of the Lord uh, come? When will Jesus reappear? And all through it is the question, where and what is the hope? So we'll always talk about content. What's the content of Revelation chapter 4 through chapter 20? Uh, What is the context of it? What is it speaking about? And then always, what's the consequence Uh, Where is the hope? What is the hope, the substance of uh, the hope that that we hold on to? So there's been some end times words and phrases and uh, maybe talk of events that you've you've probably heard about, you know, words like the rapture or left behind, uh, the seven-year tribulation, uh, this this idea of a thousand, a literal thousand-year Rain, and that's been popularized over the years through uh, the book series, some of the movies uh, called the Left Behind series. It it speaks about those types of events: rapture, left behind, uh, seven-year tribulation, and a literal one-thousand-year rain. So, what are we to do with um, you know such interpretations? Uh, Are these things talked about in the book of Revelation? Are they uh, literal events that we should look for? Um, And basically the timeline is, uh, so when do such events of Revelation chapter 4 through 20 actually occur? So uh, Jesus ascends uh, 40 days after his resurrection. He commissions uh, the church to proclaim the gospel. So we are in that age of the church. Um, on the island of Patmos, about 95 AD, John writes uh, down these uh, these visions that he is given. He is told to write these letters to the churches, the seven churches, um, real churches, right? If you, he was to uh, to do a itinerant preaching tour, he would go to these churches in the order listed in Revelation chapter one. Uh, chapters 2 and 3. So we kind of know that timeline. The bigger question is, what happens after Revelation 3? Where are the events to be placed in Revelation chapter 4, verse 20? We know the end, right? The judgment and the new heaven and the new earth. So we know kind of the beginning. We know the end. The question is, in this age which we are living, uh, since uh, the commission of the gospel with the ascension, and Pentecost, where are we? Where are we on the timeline? How do we interpret the book of Revelation? Well, there's four historic patterns uh, of interpretation. So these might be kind of big words, but we'll we'll work through them. The first one is this idea of a preterist. You see the word pre in that. That means um, 
this interpretation would hold that the the book uh specifically revelation chapter 4 through 20 those events already happened they occurred in the past or at least they were happening at the time of writing so usually a view of that would be an earlier writing of the book before the fall of jerusalem in uh, AD 70, and would speak about the events at that time, um, and that the the book of Revelation uh, was pointing uh, to these events as if they had happened recently or were happening at uh, at the present. And so that that is a preterist view. Uh, the second view is uh, we'll call it the historicist, and, and that um, this view has that specific. Uh, people or persons or events uh, in the visions or symbols, uh, they are fulfilled over time throughout the age of the church. So after uh, the Pentecost uh, commissioning, the church goes forward, and then the book of Revelation kind of acts as a travel log or a um, recounting of events that happen at certain stages certain times throughout the age of of the church. Uh, the third view is futurist, which would speak of the events uh, following Revelation chapter 3, um, mainly chapters 4 through 20, as events that will happen in the future, events that are yet still to come. So we're reading the story, right? We have, we are at a uh, current time uh, in history, and uh, the the futurist view would say they're yet to come. They haven't yet uh, yet occurred, and so this would be uh, the basis, really, of the Left Behind series. That there is yet to come a, a rapture. Uh, that the those who do not believe in Christ are left behind. That there will be a seven year tribulation. At that time, then the Lord will reappear and establish his millennial kingdom for a thousand years. So that would be a futurist view. The, the last one is this idea of an idealist view. And that's that as you read the, read the chapters, 4 through 20, the interpretation of the symbols and the visions are not limited to one specific time or one specific event, but they refer to... Um, events that you could see as shadows uh, of a greater reality. So every, uh, for every age, for all believers. So it's not one specific war, but uh, a shadow of uh, the war against uh, the church throughout the age of, throughout the age of, of, of history, age of the church. So here's a little visual of this. So uh, the preterist uh, suggests that, you know, you have John on the island of Patmos, maybe earlier than 95 AD. Most, I think, in this view would put it earlier. And these events have already happened or are or are happening. And so um, it's not as if it's a prophecy of things to come, but rather a recount of events that have already occurred. Now, um, the historicist, and you note there on the timeline, I, I put a little marker for the present. That doesn't mean, you know, we're halfway through. Uh, the Lord may reappear, you know, uh, at any moment. We don't know. But it's just a reference point to suggest that the historicist view um, talk about specific events in history. And individuals then would say, 
you know, this event or this person happened at this point in the past. And uh, they would speak of it you know, occurring right during the fall of the Roman Empire or during the Reformation uh, period. But some point in history, uh, Revelation, the events of Revelation 4 through 20 would have occurred uh, in the past and are ongoing then in, into the in the future. The futurist view, again, would be you're sitting in the present moment and you are looking for future events to occur. So Revelation chapters 1, 2, and 3 uh, are uh, historical events that have happened. And now you and the church is waiting then for these future events. Again, uh, the words would be uh, a premillennial uh, rapture left behind, seven-year tribulation, and then a millennial kingdom. And again, the uh, idealists' view would say, well, we are in the church age. The events are, are signs of what occurs in every age for all for all believers. So um, let me give you a summary statement of where we're going uh, through this uh, series. And again, it's hard because we haven't had time yet to do all of the work um, and so th- take this as kind of a, a presupposition that, um, that I'm going to have moving forward. I'll just give you a summary statement of, of how this, uh, this series will progress. So the first summary statement is this. Um, I would like to suggest that the book of Revelation doesn't follow a linear story pattern or a chronological plot line. Um, Rather, it's made up of a series of visions that speak of the same end-time events in different ways. So think about it as going to a movie, right? So you're reading the book of Revelation. You know, there's a, a beginning, an inciting incident, and then you follow the characters, and uh, they move through the storyline, and uh, it's like a chronological, you know, recounting of the story and then you know at the end um you know there is a uh there is a climax of the story uh line and then there's resolution at the end well the book of revelation i'd like to suggest is not like watching a movie you know a 120 minute movie um and it just progresses but rather to see it as a a series of different visions that will talk about the same end time events, but just in different ways. Because I think if you try and read the book as a chronological a plot line or a story pattern, a linear story pattern, you'll get confused and you'll say, well, the end of the world seems to happen a number of different times. How does this all fit together? But if you see it as a, a pattern of recurring visions, so you have a vision, full of events, uh, and then another vision full of events, and another vision full of the same similar type of events, um, I would suggest that that's a a way to read the book. Summary statement number two would be that the end times, uh, the tribulation, the thousand-year reign of Jesus is uh, the period between the clouds, between his ascension and between the promise of his reappearance. So we would call this the church age. So from the time of um, Pentecost all the way through the present to the end of time, that we are in the end times, that we are in the tribulation, that 
we are in this thousand-year reign of Jesus. Now, obviously, by saying that, it's not uh, to be taken then as a literal thousand-year reign, uh, but rather um, we'll talk about it as a full period of time. The number 10, a number of completion, times 10, times times 10. This full period of time where God is working out his purpose through the church. And so this will be the view that that I will uh, present uh, to you throughout the throughout the study of the book. And again, I haven't had the time to be able to work uh, work you through all of that in the video. So um, yeah, you're you're free to kind of take it as it is. And um, but I think it's just uh, important to to suggest where uh, in a summary statement where uh, this study is is leading. And hopefully, I can show you that from the scriptures uh, throughout the videos uh, in the future. So we'll talk about John on the island of Patmos, ninety five A.D., writing these letters to the churches. Then we're in this church age, joining our brothers and sisters, uh, those who have been martyred throughout the faith, ruling and reigning with Christ in a way that we see it through eyes of faith, not necessarily through eyesight. Um, we're reigning in this period with Christ for a thousand years, uh, waiting for his reappearance. And this rule and reign is that of priests who are proclaiming the gospel. And we are one day closer each day to the fulfillment of the promise that Jesus himself will reappear. So the promised Messiah, will say, has come. Jesus uh, has promised that one day he will come, or you could say will reappear. Jesus does come to us in his working of uh, spreading the gospel. He works with us. He comes, he sees, he conquers. In every age of the church, uh, the end time signs then, we could say, uh, have happened, are happening, will continue to happen. We're one day closer to that last day of the Lord. And I'd like to suggest that, that um, the phrase is not really left behind, but rather the church is left until. The church is left until the re reappearance of Jesus. Given this commission, this commission to work with the Lord Jesus, that he will build the church through the proclamation of the gospel. And so the church is here in the midst of persecution and attack from outside, right, the world, but also from inside. We'll find the enemies from the inside will attack uh, the gospel, false, false teaching, false messiahs as well. So that's the summary. I, I, I hope to unwrap that a little bit more, that you would give me time to be able to explain that from the scriptures, but I thought it would be good uh, to give you an overview, some summary statements about the interpretation of the book. So it's a book, again, a series that's going to help us, and these little phrases um, to beware and be aware of the events and the signs and the spirit of the times, to be ready for the last day, right, the day of judgment, the reappearance of Jesus, but during this time to be blessed, to not be afraid. Why? Well, we're going to learn that the Lord Jesus does not leave his church. He is for us. He is with us. He is working in and through us. And always the promise, always the source of hope is that we belong to Jesus.